Hey everybody, welcome to the Docs Sportscast uh, this morning. So Aurora and I are here to talk to you guys, uh, give you some updates on you know what happened recently in the NFL, the, up- the previous uh, week of games, uh, as well as talk about uh, you know just some various updates. One thing we're really going to touch on here is uh, sponsors and how sponsors impact uh, the NFL. They impact teams, they impact organizations and players uh, consistently. Uh, For those of you who don't know, um, sponsors are advertising partners that come on board, partner with teams. They provide a large sum of money uh, to these teams on an annual basis with, you know, multi-year contracts uh, to secure, you know, advertising rights within the stadiums and uh, with the players and things like that. These uh, sponsors are you know various businesses that you're all aware of you know from Apple to AT&T uh, you know Hard Rock uh, there's, there's so many uh, various sponsors out there and they're all household names that you guys are aware of for the most part there are some that you know they're a little more regional focused or maybe it's a tech company that you're not so aware of at the time uh, or you see the name and you don't really know what it is but you're aware of their products trust me uh, there's a reason they have the money to be able to back these types of programs and the reason that we're going to be talking about a lot of these is because uh, there is so much impact that sponsors have uh, that people just are not aware of. Okay, uh, for example, <clears throat> we're going to talk about two examples for the most part here. First off is Deshaun Watson. Okay, now the issue with Deshaun Watson, obviously coming up to the trade deadline, there were heavy talks between the Texans and the Miami Dolphins. Everybody sat there and said, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Are they going to trade him? Comes out that, you know, the day of the, the trade deadline, you know, Miami came out and said, oh, we're not going to get a deal done because of, like, moral obligations, right? Uh, moral standards. And uh, honestly, think about it, guys. Like, here's the thing you have to know and understand from a sponsorship standpoint. Like, these things, these conversations with sponsors, these conversations with corporations are done behind closed doors. They're not done uh, on a public scale for the most part, um, unless it's something that will work in the sponsor's favor. Typically, it won't. But in this situation, what happened is the Miami Dolphins um, were looking at possible trade options with Deshaun Watson. Here's the thing. Moral standards and a moral obligation doesn't change (laughs) from one week to the next it doesn't change from the month to the next okay your moral obligations your your moral codes uh don't don't change abruptly like that so one week you're sitting there talking about trading for this guy and then the very next week you decide you're not going to trade for him because of moral obligations nothing changed in his case absolutely nothing so what can you take from this something changed what was it that changed honestly if you think about it, you understand what's going on. The Miami Dolphins have a lot of big-time sponsors, and this had to be a huge factor in the Deshaun Watson scenario. I know of a team. Uh, I, I know of a large sponsor with one of the teams in the NFL where uh, their team, years ago when the uh, kneeling during the National Anthem began, okay, when it started, there was an organization that went to that team and uh, – Essentially, this team, they had a a player. I think they had three players or something like that. They had had a certain amount of players kneel during the National Anthem. Well, during the game, this owner had uh, this uh, company 
that was a sponsor with the team had a suite at the stadium. During that game, they went to the owner, uh, or yeah, they, I think they went to the owner's box or the owner went to them. Like a conversation happened during the game, um, and it was made to happen during the game. And the sponsor said, "You better stop that crap. Like that that can't happen anymore. I will pull my money. I will I will." totally be done with the sponsorship and they would have every right to do so there's definitely wording in the contracts there's wording in agreements with these sponsors that allows sponsors to get out of the contract under moral circumstances under things that would cause a bad reputation or leave a bad light on their organization by partnering with a certain team this is something that can be construed that way and would allow them to be able to gather partnership now this was brought to attention of the owner of the team in the very next football game that team uh, ended up not coming out for the national anthem. They stayed in the locker room. And this was all to preserve a very large six-figure annual sponsor. Um, you know, amongst others, I'm sure there were other sponsors that, that might have had some issues or whatever with it. But these things happen. I've seen them happen. I've heard them happening. I, I know sponsors that have told me that these things have happened. They've had these conversations. So this is something that happens all the time. People need to understand and be aware of it. Um, you know, companies will make these decisions inside with things, not because of where they stand morally, not because of where the owner or the CEO or the CMO or whoever the marketing person is that does the deal stands. They will do it just based on pure PR purposes, how it could look for their business, what it could do to maybe hurt revenue or hurt their image. That's all it's about. Um, it's just about business, okay? And at, at that point, you have to take emotions out of this and understand that it's all about business. So what? back to the Miami Dolphins. In this scenario, <clears throat> I guarantee there was a large sponsor with the Miami Dolphins. You know, I, I don't know, you know, maybe Hard Rock or, you know, whoever. Came to the Dolphins and said, look, we know you're talking about trading for Deshaun Watson. If you trade him, if you trade to bring him here, we're pulling out. We are not supporting this team anymore. Because that's against our moral code, okay? Miami Dolphins' moral code didn't change in a week. So the sponsor decided to let them know this is our moral stance on this and you will not trade for this guy if you want us to still support your organization. Now, a lot of people are going to say, oh, what's a, you know, what's a six-figure sponsor to this team? You know, what, what, what is it for you know, a sponsor who gives you know, $300,000 a year to the team? You know, that, that's a drop in the bucket, right? Because teams make, you know, a billion dollars or whatever every year. No. Like, y'all need to understand that, yes, these teams may make quite a bit of money every year. They still have a ton of expenses with the player roster and things like that. And when it comes to a player, you'd rather get rid of a player who is a part of your expense, that you're going to have that expense somewhere regardless of that player. If I don't have Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback, if I don't have Deshaun Watson as my quarterback, I'm still going to have to have a quarterback that I'm paying a good amount of money for. So regardless, that expense is going to, to be there. It may not be as high, but it's going to be there still. So if I'm losing a sponsor, a sponsor is pure revenue for these teams. Pure revenue. All it is is, is straight-up money that these teams are making to provide assets that don't cost that much to produce in most cases, um, unless it's a unique new build-out of a, a patio area or something like that. These sponsors um, are providing pure revenue to this team, and that goes a heck of a lot further than cutting a player 
that you're gonna have to replace that expense anyway okay um it, it it just will so so that's that's the thing that people have to understand here like that money is a lot more than what people think and anticipate a, a team would rather pay a player you know a million dollars and and cut that player and bring in another player at you know a million dollars than you know lose a sponsor that they're not going to get that replacement for because it takes time to cultivate these relationships. It takes time to get these big, large deals done. It doesn't just happen overnight. I mean, sometimes it can, especially with these NFL teams. They have the value to be able to provide that straight up to teams and get interest right away. But it still takes a good long period of time, for the most part, to land these large deals. And so that most likely happened in the Dolphins situation. Don't sit there and listen to it. Oh, the Dolphins are saying, oh, we, we have our moral obligation. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That is not, that is not what happened. They have a moral obligation that was pushed on them to not make this trade, okay? And they were in a situation where they didn't have to trade. They have Tua Tungavailoa, who's a promising prospect. Uh, yet we're not a huge fan of him on the podcast. We don't think he's the end-all, be-all answer for the Dolphins. But they're in a, a, a situation where they could be fine. And I think that they will be um, with Tua at the helm, um, you know, for now, uh, they're, they're going to need to get a better quarterback in the future, I think, to elevate their game and, and be a top-level contender ever at some point, which we haven't seen in a long time from the Dolphins. But um, essentially, yes, make you aware of that. Think about it. This is the way that this works. It's not just pure money. Uh, it's not just player salary. It's not just what they're doing off the field. It is the sponsors and their impact and influence. Okay. Now you will have the reverse. You will have plenty of times that a sponsor says, you know, what? I don't care about X, Y player doing this. I don't care about that. It's going to provide more coverage or more media to my brand. And it's not going to, that doesn't hurt my brand. Right. For example, AT&T. AT&T, huge sponsor with the Dallas Cowboys, if you guys didn't know. They have, you know, Jerry World out there. It's a huge, massive stadium uh, sponsored by AT&T. Now, the Cowboys, that's their largest sponsor, and things will happen with Cowboys players. It's been known to happen. Ezekiel Elliott has had some bad things off the field. You know, like, players from the Cowboys consistently will have some things happen off the field every now and then. When they do, Jerry Jones will use whatever influence and power he has to shove it under the rug. And it gets shoved under the rug, but people still remember that it happens. It's still there. It's a memory, right? But sponsors don't care because the brand of the Cowboys is so strong that it can endure through those things it can endure through that the only way the cowboys brand would lose that power is if something happened like what the washington football team did okay which washington football team doesn't have that strong a brand and then that happened to them so that's why they're in you know up crap creek without a paddle but the the dallas cowboys brand will not be tarnished unless something massive organizationally happens like that Otherwise, they can protect their players. They can side with them. They can push things under the rug. You know, if if Henry Ruggs was a Dallas Cowboy, things would have went different. Now, I don't know if his 
court case and and the rulings and all that stuff would have been his charges would have been different but i do know he would have got more support from the team he wouldn't have been as released as quickly because the cowboys know they can endure through that okay and jerry jones will use the stance of oh we give people the right chance you know we get we give the justice system its opportunity to come out and do everything no 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 you just want to put all the value on the field that you can while you have it and then if a verdict's ruled then you'll figure things out from there like you know but um essentially that's that's a brand that can endure through those things and there's not that many there's not that many in the nfl the miami dolphins sure don't have one right now that can endure through something like that so that's why they weren't able to bring in that burden of deshaun watson i mean look at the texans look what's done their organization overnight they went from you know possibly being able to be a contender in their division every year to now they're 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 not even a competitor on the nfl level for the most part you know, yeah, they might win a game or two, but I mean, they're 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 not they're not in a good position to win games. They're not in a good position to be a solid NFL organization. I mean, it, it's it's crazy that that happened, and that's because this brand that cannot endure through that. You know, look at the Patriots; they lost Tom Brady. Guess what? They still got a great brand, still got a strong brand, and that brand will carry your team. That brand will carry to bring guys in, keep good players on your roster, keep them wanting to play for you, and keep you competitive. The Miami Dolphins don't have the luxury of that. Neither do the Houston Texans. That's why the Texans are in such a bad situation right now. Now, for the other conversation of sponsorships, we're going to talk about um, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, For those of you who don't know, Aaron Rodgers recently, well, right before the season started, uh, Aaron Rodgers talked about uh, being immunized Okay, from the COVID virus meaning that most people would assume that that is him being vaccinated he never said he was vaccinated but he said he was immunized that means to everybody out there in the regular world outside of his mind that oh he's vaccinated we're good to go he was not okay he did get covid um uh along with alan lazard from his team and uh yeah the team got fined like thirty thousand three hundred thousand dollars or something like that aaron Rodgers got fined like seventeen thousand dollars which is a which is a joke guys that's that's a drop in the bucket are you serious if we're gonna start finding nfl players if we find an nfl player can we find them based on a percentage of their contract instead of these pennies in their pocket that's just absolutely stupid to me but regardless getting off of the stupidity of the nfl's finding system so aaron Rodgers, aaron Rodgers has not been vaccinated he has this stuff happen, and uh, guess what? It doesn't look good because it's not because whether he's vaccinated or not. What you guys have to understand about these two brands we're going to talk about is not based on their moral stance. It's not based on where they stand when it comes to vaccines and all that stuff. It has nothing to do with that. It's about business, and it's about the outlook of what they're representing with Aaron Rodgers, okay, and, and who he, what he represents by partnering with them. He has partnered with State Farm. Y'all, you guys have heard of the Rogers rate. Um, that's been a, a pretty big thing. And the other one is Previa Health. Okay, Previa Health is a large health system uh, in uh, throughout Wisconsin that uh, Aaron Rodgers has partnered with since 2012. Okay, this has been a long, long-standing relationship there between the two. And what happened? <laughs> well, if you guys didn't pay attention. Um, State Farm recently, if you notice, their ads, their ad campaigns, their commercials during games, their commercials on ESPN, all that stuff, all of a sudden, you're seeing Aaron Rodgers 
Not at all. Like you're, you're not seeing Aaron Rodgers anymore. You're not seeing the Rodgers rate. You're seeing the Mahomes rate. You're seeing Chris Paul. Like <clears throat> you're seeing these other athletes that they have deals with instead of Aaron Rodgers because that money they spent to endorse with him, that money they spent to make those commercials with him now has lost value. Not from a standpoint of, oh, he's, va- he's not vaccinated. We can't stand behind him. No, it's from a standpoint that he lied. It's from a standpoint that he lied, okay? And that is the thing. People don't like someone who's not trustworthy. And that's really going to hurt Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's one of those guys that like, oh, he can't really do much wrong, right? He's the savior of city Wisconsin. You know, he's kept that team so good for so long. Like, you know, yeah, he had that, but he lied. He lied. He flat out lied to people. Um, And he'll sit there and say he didn't lie. He'll sit there and say blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, he led people to believe he was vaccinated and he wasn't. Now, the reason that Previa Health, Previa Health has come out and said they've ended their partnership with Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't think this is the last person to end their sponsorship with Aaron Rodgers. I think he will lose other sponsors along the way. However, Previa Health, again, it's not because he's not vaccinated. It's not because he is vaccinated, wasn't vaccinated, isn't vaccinated. It has nothing to do with his vaccination status. Okay, let me get that clear. Nothing to do with his vaccination status. What it has to do with is the fact that he led people the wrong way. He led people to believe he was vaccinated when he wasn't. That in itself makes a brand like Previa look at him and think he doesn't take healthcare seriously. He doesn't take health seriously. And if he doesn't, how can we support him? How can we back him? And I am completely understanding of this. I understand and I am on board with what they're talking about. How can you back Aaron Rodgers? How can you support Aaron Rodgers when he is lying about his health status? He is lying about things from a healthcare standpoint. It's fine if he stands one way or the other behind his own moral stances. They're not going to be upset, but he lied. He manipulated the uh, people to think that he was vaccinated. He led them to believe that he was vaccinated, and that is the problem is that he lied. So they have ended their partnership, longstanding partnership, like I said, since 2012, and that has now ended as of November 6th of this year. So, again, I don't think this will be the last time um, he loses a sponsor. I think he'll lose some others along the way. But uh, we do have a lot to get into when it comes to updating you guys from the previous week of games. We'll touch on some highlights, not do too much in-depth stuff. More so, we wanted to focus on the sponsorship aspect. And if you guys have questions, if you want to know more about the sponsorship side of things, if you want to know more about, as news comes up, what could be happening behind closed doors, what could be being said behind closed doors with sponsors and stuff like that, and how could they be influencing these things, I will be glad to tell you. So just let me know. Keep me updated throughout, um, and we will we will talk about it. Um, however, we will jump into um, the slate of games with the NFL um, and talk about it here. So um, last week was a doozy of a week, guys. Uh, I mean, legitimately, like every team you thought could do pull an upset didn't pull an upset. The teams you thought would win didn't win. Like it was it was absolutely bananas what happened um in the nfl last week i mean it was it was horrible for people betting lines and things like that betting on game outs i mean gosh it, it had been horrible for you um i haven't even wanted to look at my FanDuel account um so first up baltimore against minnesota game goes into overtime and fantastic game thrilling game um, Baltimore ends up getting the win on the leg of Justin Tucker once again this year. I mean, that guy it should be in the running for NFL MVP. Like, there's no reason he shouldn't be. He's done everything you can do as a kicker to to make to get your team wins, and he's he's provided more wins to this team than anybody else on that team. I think at this point, okay, like just legitimately because 
you can legitimately say, like, if he wasn't out there kicking that ball, they wouldn't have had those points. They wouldn't have won those games. So, yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson's hugely important to that team. But, man, Justin Tucker is just as important right now. So, crazy, crazy stuff. Minnesota, it's got to be heartbreaking. Got to be heartbreaking. You know, they definitely don't deserve to be a 3-5 and five team the way they are. But, um, you know, they, they'll bounce back. They'll be fine. I think they're going to get on a big run here. And, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that came out with uh, – with Dalvin Cook recently in an assault case, uh, he has been accused of assault. Uh, he denies the claims, and we're not going to really say anything else about it because at this point, we need to wait and see what happens. Uh, we have no, we have, we don't have a lot of evidence here. We don't have a lot of facts here uh, or information about the situation, so we're not going to talk about it too much. But I think the, I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to be fine. <laughs> They'll bounce back and have a really good rest of the season. This was just a tough loss, and I think if there's any team that can kind of rally back and, and get going, it's uh, it's a Zimmerman team. So they should be fine. Now, the Denver Broncos up against the Dallas Cowboys. This one threw everyone for a loop. Guys, Denver came out after losing Von Miller. I mean, they just played their guts out, man. They played amazing football out there. And realistically, I think this was more about the Dallas Cowboys not being able to put up points on offense. Their, their defense has been bad at times over the last couple years. Anyway, we've seen times their defense has been atrocious, and <clears throat> that's what we are seeing is this game, Dallas lost this game. I don't think Denver won it. Uh, yes, they put up points, but they put up points against a defense that has been bad before. Denver, like Dallas always puts up points, and they only put up 16. Are you kidding me? I mean, maybe Dak wasn't 100%. Maybe there were issues going on. I mean, I'm sure there were. But that team got to get back to the fundamentals and get back to their talent. They're way too talented to be putting up 16 points in a game. And if they can have games like this, that gives teams like, you know, the the Eagles and stuff like that. It gives them hope that they might be able to beat Dallas when they come into town. Um, but, yeah, that, that, was, that was a very, very bad showing. Uh, kudos to Denver, though. Good job. Good job by them getting that. Getting that win. Um, if you look at the stat line, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't huge. It wasn't like Denver dominated. It really wasn't, you know, it wasn't like Teddy Bridgewater threw for 400 yards. It wasn't like they had, you know, both running backs go for hundred yards. Yes. They ran the ball effectively. Javante Williams had 111 yards on 17 carries, which was amazing by the way. Um, and Melvin Gordon had 21 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. Like, the team's really good. I mean, they, they are really good from a running standpoint. And then they just got Jerry Judy back. That's going to help their offense tremendously. Um, you know, I don't know what's up with Cortland Sutton. I don't know why Teddy Bridgewater's throwing to Tim Patrick so much and not Cortland Sutton. But, you know, whatever. I digress about that. Um, but, yeah, interesting. So, I'm sure we got some Stephen A. Smith things bashing the Dallas Cowboys. Because that's what he is. He's a hater. He's a hater of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, he has nothing better to do than hate on teams instead of, you know, actually cheering teams on. He'd just rather hate on them. So, whatever. It's really annoying to me. I, I don't think there's a reason to just hate on a team for hating on them. I, th- I just think that's uh, I think it's wrong to do. So, anyway. Moving on, Buffalo against Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville got the win up against Buffalo, man. And this was a game that was really, really confusing, guys. It was very confusing. Um, I didn't know what to make of it, like what's wrong with Buffalo. But here's the thing. If you look at this team, they've got a solid defense. They've always had a solid defense. Um, and, and there will be times that their passing game will struggle. And and it showed. It showed in this, you know, because... Josh Allen threw for 264 yards, but he had two interceptions, and he's been known to throw interceptions, just like Lamar Jackson. Like those guys are known to throw interceptions, and on Lamar Jackson, in the in the Vikings game, if you guys look at it, Lamar Jackson did not play well again. He didn't. He he played poorly. 
So Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, like a lot of people talk about them in the same breath because they're both like running quarterbacks and they, they create they create the offense for the team. Like Lamar Jackson had two interceptions too. Like is that what we're is that where we're at in the NFL nowadays? Is that where we're at with the league where you know what? We'll take quarterbacks that throw interceptions as long as they throw touchdowns. Like why? Why settle for that crap? Why? Like we want to get these guys and rush them in the league and and these running quarterbacks and rush them in the league, rush them in the league, rush them to be starters. And they never work out the kinks to where they stop throwing interceptions. And it's just so annoying. Um, so whatever, two interceptions on the day for Josh Allen. That was really the huge thing here um, up against this Jaguars team. And they just didn't put up points. Just did not put up points, man. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, 65 yards in the day. Stephon Diggs, 85 yards in the day. They just could not get in the end zone. And that will be a challenge for this team because running back-wise, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, Zach Moss only had three carries. I mean, that's your guy. When you get in red zone, like, you need to be pounding that rock with Zach Moss. And they didn't use him. You know, Devin Singletary was used out the backfield uh, a ton. Um, you know, he only had six carries for him. So, I mean, rushing the ball, I mean, that's not good. You only have 14 carries for your whole team. And that's the problem. That's why they lost this game. They need to figure out how to run that ball more, how to run it more effectively, um, and, and be able to pound it once they get it in the red zone a bit more and get touchdowns and not settle for field goals. That's what killed them in this game. But anyway, uh, Trevor Lawrence did get hurt in this game. We don't know fully his status coming up in the upcoming weeks, but uh, C.J. Beathard uh, backed him up, did fine. He only threw two passes, so not really much to take away there. But Jacksonville squeaks out this win and you know, could very well be their last one of the season. Who knows? We'll see what happens with this team, but they're not very good. And Buffalo will bounce back. Next, Atlanta versus New Orleans. Guys, this was a great game. This was a great game. It went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, we were skeptical. We didn't know what was going to happen with Atlanta. You know, we said Atlanta would lose this game because I thought, you know, the loss of Calvin Ridley was going to make this matchup really difficult. But honestly, the loss of Calvin Ridley allowed the New Orleans Saints to really, really buckle down. Um, You know, it, it allowed them to buckle down on Kyle Pitts, but they forgot about Russell Gage and some of these other guys for Atlanta. They just forgot about him. And, you know, Cordero Patterson had a day. You know, he had 126 yards on the day. I mean, receiving-wise, that's nuts. Lamade Seguias, like, they just decided in the red zone, like, oh, you know what, when he gets in the end zone, let's just stop watching him. Like, I don't understand. But Trevor Simeon, Trevor Simeon played well. He had two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's what you want from your quarterback. I think he played fine. I think that's who they should continue moving with moving forward because, to me, he didn't do anything to lose the job. I'm a big fan of you have the job until you lose it. So um, we'll see what happens with this team. You know, they shared carries with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram back and forth. You know, it's clear they're going to try and do a work share there so that uh, Alvin Kamara can get some rest to him. Um, but man, this was, this was not a good look for the saints to lose this game, but the Falcons are four and four. They're four and four guys. Very surprising, very surprising team right now. We'll see what continues happening with them. I don't think they have enough to make it in the playoffs, but, um, I mean, they'll, they'll put up some, put up some points. Matt Ryan is figuring some things out regardless of the offense. Cleveland up against Cincinnati, man, Cincinnati got knocked in the mouth. Cleveland was, Cleveland just pounded that rock, and that's what they did. They got back to their game. They got back to Nick Chubb and said, you know what? We're going to ride this guy. 14 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns on the day for Nick Chubb. That's all you really need for the Browns scheme because Cincinnati didn't put up a lot of points. 
Joe Mixon was a bright spot for them with 13 carries, 64 yards. But receiving-wise, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase were the only two that really made an impact. Um, you know, Tyler Boyd only had one catch for 11 yards. That's a guy to just drop and get rid of in uh, fantasy. Like, Tyler Boyd's going to become irrelevant now. Uh, now that, um, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins are, are, are both there going I just don't. I just don't see Tyler Boyd getting any looks anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, kudos for Cleveland getting the win. They're they're tied with Cincinnati there now, but uh, in the division. But we'll see what happens with Cleveland. I mean, I think they look a lot better with Odell Beckham Jr. And I think we said it. We said it on the podcast that they would look we, previously that they would look better without Odell Beckham Jr. And that was that was true. Um, they they do. They look a lot better. We thought this game would be a bit of an adjustment for them. And it wasn't. There was no letdown. They, they really got back to playing well because Odell Beckham Jr. was not on the field. So it just shows how much some guys kind of hurt teams when they're out there on the field and have to be a part of stuff, um, when, even when they they you know shouldn't be because of their production or whatever. So great job by Cleveland. I think they're going to continue playing really well. Uh, for the Bengals, I think they'll bounce back too. But, you know, they got a rookie quarter. They got a second-year quarterback. He threw two picks in this game. Yeah, he's got, he's got to have some time to mature. He's played great this year. But he's going to have letdowns still like this every now and then. It's just a part of the maturing process. So don't freak out if you're a Bengals fan. They'll be okay. New England up against Carolina. Man, Carolina's just not going to figure it out, guys. They're not. They started the year amazing, and uh, they're not going to get this thing figured out. Uh, it's clear. You know, Sam Darnold has an injury now. Christian McCaffrey came back in this game, and they they didn't use him the right way. Like they barely used him. It was pathetic. Like to see what they were like. Come on, the guy was so open out the backfield so many times. Didn't just dump the ball down to him. Sam Darnold just can't understand to just check the ball down, get it to a guy that's open. He threw three interceptions in this game. Lord have mercy, three interceptions, just absolutely ridiculous. Um, he's too fragile. He's too fragile mentally. I mean, once he breaks, he's broken for the rest of the season, and he's got to. You got to wait until the off season to, to hit that reset button on on the toy. I mean, it's just it's bad. He he just doesn't have it, guys. <sighs> so, three interceptions for him. Fourteen carries for Christian McCaffrey for fifty-two yards. I mean, fourteen carries. That's just not enough for guy like Christian McCaffrey to produce the way he needs to for this team to win games. He only had four catches for fifty-four yards. 54 yards on four catches guys like throw the ball to him more please amir abdullah had four catches for 30 yards why is amir abdullah in the game so much i don't understand it it pissed me off there's no reason to have him in there like this needs to be chuba hubbard and it needs to be christian mccaffrey and that's it and it needs to still be 80 percent christian mccaffrey like uh, if the panthers want to win games that's how they need to do it but you know kudos to mac jones and the new england patriots mac jones did throw an interception but i think it's okay in a game where your other quarterback throws three um, and he did fine. He did what they need to do to win. That's what the Patriots do. They just do what they need to do to win games. Now, uh, the Jets up against the Colts. Man, this was a great uh, great game. Um, yeah, a little back and forth in the beginning, but, man, Mike White got hurt. That sucked. It, it was really sad. Uh, we talked about it before with Indianapolis getting that win, so we're not going to touch on it too much. But uh, really, really sad for Mike White. Hopefully he can come back and, and be fine. Uh, you know, WKU alumni there, former Hilltopper. Uh, so hopefully he can come back and play in the upcoming games this week. Arizona up against San Francisco. Arizona you know, they, they beat San Francisco uh, pretty handedly, and uh, this was a little surprising because Kyler Murray wasn't going to play in this game. Um, and that's just the thing, guys. Like, you can't you can't overreact to backup quarterbacks. You can't overreact to them. The, your, your team's going to be fine. If you got a great team, you got a great team. doesn't matter. Your backup quarterback's going to be fine in there for a game or two. Um, and that's what happened here. 
San Francisco came out, and I think San Francisco came out and thought, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna clobber this team because they don't have Kyler Murray. We're gonna whoop up on them. And uh, no, Arizona came out, punched them in the mouth, played amazing football, uh, ran the ball super effectively. Chase Edmonds did go down in this game; he may miss some time, um, so that's something to think about if you're you know fantasy and stuff like that. Um, think about what you're going to be doing there at the running back position. But 21 carries for 96 yards and two touchdowns for James Conner. Oh, and by the way, five catches for 77 yards. This guy looked amazing out there. And he won that game legitimately by himself for this team. So great win there. Um, San Francisco got some kinks to work out, but they're going to be okay. Chargers 27-24 to up against Philadelphia. And this was a game, guys. We said it. We have continued saying it. Yeah, you're going to have games where Philadelphia comes out and wins, but you're going to have games where they come out and they just can't do it. And in these close games, they're, most of the time, they're not going to be able to do it because Jalen Hurts. I'm just telling you, this is how the guy does. He threw 162 yards. He had one touchdown. No interceptions. Okay? So he played fine. But they didn't. They you. They know that they can't put the ball in his hands. They know they can't rely on him. And when it comes to close games, your quarterback has to win you the game. What happened? Justin Herbert threw the ball 38 times, 356 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That he won the game. Jalen Hurts did not try to win the game. Um, Philadelphia tried to rely on the running game. I mean, look, Jalen Hurts almost ran the ball more times. Then he completed passes to, to teammates. That's just absolutely sad. You cannot have that. Um, but they ran the ball really effectively, 176 yards. But if all you're doing is running the ball and the other team is putting up points on you still, you've got to find a way to put up points by passing it. You can't just keep running that clock out because it's going to favor the other team at some point if their defense can stop you. And they did. They had some good stops. And, yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen went for 104 yards on the day, apparently – Philadelphia forgot Keenan Allen was a is a great player. Um, you know Jared Cook, Donald Parham, um, Mike Williams got involved from the passing standpoint. So yeah, I mean uh, Justin Herbert looked really good, played well out there, and yep, Eagles had a had a rough one. Just Jalen Hurts, like the team knows it. It's it's not a situation where you put everything in his hands. You know he's still at the standpoint, just like just like Justin Fields. Like okay, we can't just rely on this guy to go win us games. You know, and, and that's just that's just where it is. You guys got to understand that, and that's all right. That That's that's your position. That's where you're at right now. If you want to stick with that guy, you can stick with him. But these are the games you're going to have. Now, Green Bay up against uh, Kansas City. Kansas City ended up winning this game. Very, uh, very close game, though. Um, you know, Green Bay, Jordan Love came out. He, he, he played. He, he, I don't know. There was something wrong with him, guys. He, he didn't play bad per se but he didn't play well either like he he had missed throws he he was off on his targeting i don't know what was up with him something was wrong there and it wasn't mechanical i I think it was mental i think it was a lot of pressure on him because you know there's obviously all this stuff swirling around with aaron Rodgers and all these things i think it just added pressure to him i think if he could go out there and play without pressure he'd be fine he went 19 for 34 that's not very good 190 yards on the day didn't even hit 200 yards. That's not good. I mean, he matched Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes had 20 for 37, which wasn't very good either. Uh, he threw for 166 yards, which is less than what Jordan Love did. Like, Jordan Love outplayed Patrick Mahomes. The only difference is Jordan Love threw an interception and Patrick Mahomes didn't. That's the only difference. So, other than that, Jordan Love outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Um, Kansas City just had a good job rushing the ball. You know, Darrell Williams had uh, 70 yards on the day. Green Bay ran the ball effectively. This is just one of those games where if you look at the stats, you look at what happened during the game, it looks like Green Bay played better. It looks like Green Bay played better. They they controlled. Uh, they got more yardage. Uh, they did more things. But you know what? That one interception 
plays a big factor. And uh, I think that interception was was the main thing that ended up losing it for them. And, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll see as things keep going. Um, you know, there was two missed field goals by Mason Crosby. If he makes those two, I mean, it's tied up and goes to overtime. But both of these teams did not play well in this game. <clears throat> both these teams did not play well. So Kansas City, I'd still be upset. I'd still be worried if you're a Kansas City fan. They still did not figure things out, even though they got this win. New York Giants up against the Vegas Raiders. We'll hurry some things up here because I know we're going pretty long for you guys. Um, Giants uh, ended up getting the win over the Raiders. I mean, yeah, we thought the Raiders would come out and, you know, be resurgent team, ready to go, and, and they they didn't. They came out flat. Uh, it was very upsetting what happened with Henry Ruggs. I think that was a situation where, you know, people died, and, you know, it, it was a situation where it was it was sad. You know, there wasn't really a lot you could get angry about or get motivated for when it comes to something like that. It's just a sad situation, and I think that's what hit this team and really hurt them in this game. So uh, Giants came out, got this win, um, and the Giants didn't really get right. They weren't really looking that, that great. I mean, they looked better. But, again, I think it's more about the Raiders like coming out flat than it was the Giants winning this game. We'll see how things keep going. Maybe the Giants turn things around, but I, I don't see that happening until Saquon Barkley comes back and plays good football again. Next, Tennessee up against the Rams. Tennessee beat up on the Rams, man, without Derrick Henry, and that was surprising. Uh, you know, it was it was very, very surprising game for us to watch. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford had two interceptions, and he's prone to do that at times. So, you know, that, that can be the Achilles heel for this team is, is if he goes out there and, and he throws a couple picks. I mean, they're, they're going to lose games. So Ryan Tannehill threw one interception compared to Matthew Stafford's uh, two interceptions, and the running game was not as – heavy as we expected for Tennessee still I, I thought they would have ran the ball a little bit more but Adrian Peterson only had 21 yards on 10 carries uh Devontae Foreman had five carries for 29 yards Jeremy McNichols had seven carries for 24 yards just not much going on uh from that standpoint I think they did just enough to to win this game and for however they put up points again it's one of those games where it's puzzling like how did teams put up points because you can't just look and figure out like how did they put up points? How did they get down the field? Like they didn't have a ton of yards. Like they only had 143 yards passing the ball. They only had 69 yards rushing the ball. Penalties had to have played a factor. Turnovers had to have played a factor. Like that's the thing. This is one of those swirly games where you look at the box score and it's like, man, how did that team put up 28 points? But they did. They got the win. So kudos to them. Kudos to Tennessee. Mike Brayball out there doing a great job. Um, We'll talk about Miami up against Houston, and you know Miami ended up getting this win. Tyrod Taylor came out there and looked awful. He threw three interceptions. I don't know what's up with him. He's usually steady, consistent quarterback, and he, he came out there and played horrible, man. I, I don't know what was up with him. Um, this was more about the Texans just continuing to be bad uh, than it was the Miami Dolphins, you know, getting things right or whatever. Jacoby Brissett threw two interceptions himself. This was an interception fest. This was a pick fest. Um, I don't know what the heck was going on with this te- these teams. But it was just atrocious all along the way. Uh, neither team rushed for over 100 yards um, rushing the ball. And when you look at receiving, you know, you had two, 244 and 240. They were pretty equal receiving-wise. You know, ultimately, Miami just ended up getting the win. You know, I mean, there's no there's no real reason why either one of these teams should have won this game. Um, both quarterbacks did not look good. Both teams did not play well. But somebody had to win, right? So Miami gets that win. Next is um, Pittsburgh up against Chicago. And a lot of you know what happened with Chicago. There was, there was a horrible penalty called at the end of this game. 
um, that let Pittsburgh win um, a horrible, horrible penalty. I, I don't understand this. It was a taunting call that, that made no sense. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin came out and said that he supports this and we need to clean up the game. Look, he's only saying that because – his team won because of that penalty. That's the only reason he's saying that, um, which is really ridiculous, and that's awful to me. Like, I lost a lot of respect for Mike Tomlin as soon as he came out and said that. I lost a lot of respect for him because every person in the world knows how horrible that was of a call. Everyone, No one else is siding with Mike Tomlin on this, but he is because his team won. And that, that's talking about both ends of your mouth. That's being uh, two-faced. I, I, I hate that. Um, so I lost a lot of respect for him in this, in that regard, but you know, Ben Rossberger threw two interceptions or two touchdowns, no interceptions in the game. Um, they ran the ball for 105 yards. Chicago ran the ball for 136 yards. Like both teams did played good in this game. Both teams played really well. And ultimately it could have been anyone's game, but that penalty, that penalty, man, that just, that ruined it. That ruined the entire game, and the Bears lost this game. Instead of being uh, four and five, they're now three and six. Um, and it's tough. It's really tough. Uh, that penalty was atrocious. Uh, something needs to happen to the referees in that game. I mean, I know that the, that referee team and some of those people that have refereed Super Bowls and stuff like that. I know they're good, but they had a bad day. They did not referee well. There were a lot of things that were missed in this game. And, uh, you know, on, bo- on both sides, but, you know, it's just horrible officiating. And at the end of the day, you want the players to dictate who wins this game. And Chicago did everything that to deserve this win. And they didn't get it because of a call. And that's what you hate to see. So uh, frustrating there. We'll see if Chicago has any resilience uh, to come back and, and play well. I, I doubt it. But... We'll see what happens. So anyway, um, that's it. We'll go ahead and wrap things up for you guys today. Um, Thanks so much for tuning in. Really, really appreciate it. Um, If you have um, the chance, please like, share, subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate all the support in the world. Um, And then uh, the other thing we'll mention is we we said it last week. Aurora and I have started up doing travel agencies. So we'll have our email below for our travel agency services. So if you want to do a Disney trip, a Universal trip, you want to do Santos Resort, a cruise, Reach out to us. Let us know. Even if you're going to Gatlinburg or wherever you're going, let us know. We can book hotels and things for you guys. So um, love to make things hassle-free. Our services are free. Um, whatever we can do to help you guys out, that would be great in your vacation planning. So thank you so go- thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate you all listening in, and uh, we'll talk to you again on Friday. <laughs>